Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. It's 9.37 now, and this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Always look forward to chatting with our pal, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Dr. Most, good morning to you, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you guys doing this morning? We are uh, doing fine, but tons of questions. Uh, Right when we hoped that things would be leveling off with COVID, Chicago Tribune writes, uh, the Chicago area is expected to increase to a high community level of COVID-19 next week as positive cases continue to rise across the city and suburbs. Uh, Do you think uh, that is also a probability? Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely a probability. And in fact, if we did not have home testing, we would already be at that level. Everyone has to remember that, you know, the test uh, rates that they're talking about are those that are done in the in the, se- in the private sector, essentially the public sector versus those that are done in the privacy of their individual's home where we don't capture that result. So certainly it's a little bit alarming because, as you remember, just a few weeks ago, Chicago, the city of Chicago is still in low where the collar counties were in moderate. And it'll soon be where we are all at high. So it's it, people have to understand it's still out there. We just kind of let a lot of our mitigation, you know, fall to the wayside. Time magazine, uh, they're, they're doing an exceptional job of covering COVID, by the way. If uh, you're interested in the subject, uh, take a look online at what Time magazine is writing. But what, what they are saying is basically the same thing, only from a national perspective that uh, people uh, are testing positive again at alarmingly high rates. So I guess the question is, you know, how do we try to stem this? Do we go back to social distancing? Do we go back to uh, mask mandates? Do we go back to, uh, you know, keeping our distance from uh, certain sectors of people? Yeah, Dean, it's interesting. I think we've almost taken it as we're accepting this illness now, because when we use the mask mandate, talk about that topic, when would we trigger that again? Not until there was a burden in the hospitals. So the public burden is still going to be high, but if it's not stressing the healthcare system, we're going to continue to allow it. But think about when we were in the middle of this, you never would have thought about shaking hands with somebody, giving them a hug, you know, a washing your hands like every couple of minutes, all those things that's really slowed down the spread of this illness are gone. Um, so, yeah, I do think that uh, we're going to see the spread and it's going to continue and we're probably going to get a summer bump instead of a small, uh, instead of a fall bump. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm hearing what you're recommending. I mean, it sounds like you're saying, it sounds like you're saying uh, it's your own personal choice as to whether or not you want to go back to some of these protections, I guess. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have Big Brother saying, we'll say the government. We don't. Th- I don't think you're going to see the government saying you're going back to mask mandates. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see what they do with public transportation. It's such a lobbyist group out there to c- continue it the way it is now where it's optional that I don't think that will push. I would say if you're immunocompromised, if you live with someone who's immunocompromised, you know, if, if you're – uh, over the age of 65, I certainly would say continue to be careful. Hospitalizations are down, but they are still present. And I can tell you, the people that are getting this, they're, they're sick. They may not be sick enough to be in the hospital, but just talk to any of your friends that have it. Certainly, you're going to have those that say oh, it was just a mild cold. 
But you're going to have others that say, I was pretty knocked out for a good five, six, seven days. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I've been hearing. And more and more, suddenly I know lots of people who have uh, tested positive, coworkers and, you know, friends and, you know, people who are just out of the, out of the blue. I mean, they escaped it for the entire duration of the pandemic. And now when masks are coming down and people are shaking hands and hugging is taking place, as you say, all, you know, it's like kind of... Uh, life as we once knew it, uh, you know, people are are testing positive and they're they're down for the count for about a week or so. Are we still yeah. seeing Are we still seeing uh, uh, seniors as uh, the the biggest candidate for this now? Are we still seeing immunocompromised people, uh, or are there other age groups now that are more greatly affected by this? Well, as far as greatly affected, we're really seeing that 20 to 40-year-old group, that very socially active group, are the ones that are really starting to test positive quite a bit. The good thing about seniors is the vast majority of them have been not only vaccinated, oh, well over 90%, but over 75% of them have actually been boosted as well. So those are the individuals that see this as a threat of my life and a threat to my well-being, and they're doing it. Well, we have the 20 to 40 year old saying, well, you know what? It's going to be a bad cold. It's going to be here forever. Let's just get used to it. And that, you know, the economy of the, the two choices or the two differences are, are what's kind of concerning as we're still trying to protect that population. And yet we have a large swath of the population that says, hey, it's here forever. Let's just live with it. So I've noticed uh, the people are uh, not cleaning like you know in public uh, places in the workplace i guess you might say is where really i notice it most during the pandemic we would all come to our workplace and scrub down our work area the computer keyboard the the desk area everything the telephone make make sure that everything's nice and clean um people are not doing that as much now i wonder if that is contributing to it but on the other hand You've told us so many times that this uh, uh, virus does not live on surfaces, that, uh, you know, that's what we thought in the beginning, but is not the case now. Am I wrong about that? No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, the transmissibility of this off of a surface or off of an object is extremely low. But I can tell you, those same individuals that are cleaning their office like that are also washing their hands, are also making sure that they're distanced. They are that mindset of, hey, this is still serious. Let's take care of it that way. You know, I don't see people saying, you know what, I'm going to wash down my uh, work site, but then I am not going to wash my hands. I'm not going to shake, you know, I'm still going to shake hands and give hugs. Those kind of, those are the people that actually are going to stay safe. I'm not sure we're going to ever actually continue to minimize the spread of this. I think we have too much widespread lack of mitigation throughout the country that we're, we're not going to slow it down. Look, we're in the middle of wedding season, right? It's, it's like there's a wedding every other hour out here. And it's those individuals that are going to become, I don't want to say super spreader events, but certainly ones where the virus is going to have a greater opportunity to spread. 847 area code asks, should I feel confident swimming in an outside swimming pool? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're outside, that's great. And the beauty of swimming is not only is it great exercise for you, great for your joints and your heart and all that, but you really can't get close to anybody when you're swimming, right? So, you know, being outside in a pool is great. That's one thing we have going for us is the weather finally is allowing us to get outside and getting us away from those enclosed spaces. 
but certainly going to a pool is a great idea. You can distance and you're going to get good exercise that's not going to be disruptive to your knees and back and things that like running and, and heavy walking would do. I, I would have, I might have asked that same question though with, you know, people spitting in the pool and, you know, there's, there's a lot floating around in that pool that uh, I yeah. might be concerned about. There, there is, but you have to remember that those pools are heavily chlorinated so that no bacteria actually live in those. You know, that's why the, the water is so clear and sometimes why your skin gets irritated after swimming because we really have put safeguards in to make sure that the pools are safe from a public health point of view to begin with. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and get to some more questions for Dr. Kevin Most. It is 9.50 and this is Dean Richard Sunday Morning. Dr. Richard Thomas coming up in about a half an hour, starring in To Kill a Mockingbird, the cast of Downton Abbey later on. And Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital on with us right now. Uh, Dr. Most, how concerned should we be with the monkeypox that we're hearing about all the time? Well, it's really interesting, Dean. You know, anytime you get a monkeypox case anywhere in the world, it kind of gets everyone's attention. And certainly this outbreak of about 20 monkeypox cases, but it's been across the world. I mean, been in the U.K., Spain, France, Canada, Italy. So it's not like there's this big outbreak. And it's not like we have found that the monkeypox that they have identified has mutated and is any more contagious. So certainly not a big concern for people. I think it's more of a interest to the public health people and interest to uh, researchers, but nothing where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to start exploding with growth. You know, we, we've been talking about we in the medical field have known about this for about a month now. So certainly nothing that has continued to spread where we're having outbreaks of it. We're having rare cases. And the interesting thing is we can't trace it back as to travel we can't trace it back as to how these individuals contacted each other. So it's uh, it's interesting, but I wouldn't be concerned about it at all. Boy, we slam right into panic mode, though, right? When we hear about oh, gosh, something yeah. these days, right. you know, because we think, oh, boy, now what? Now, now what are we going to deal with? Yeah. Uh, Lori is uh, on the phone at 312-981-7200. Lori, you're on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Good morning. Um you know, you mentioned earlier, Dr. Most, that um, people are kind of ready to just learn to live with COVID. Um, I'm fully vaccinated, twice twice boosted. I work in a school district where we get daily reports who has COVID. Um, most people are vaccinated and they're getting it, but they're not terribly sick. So my question to you is, what is wrong with just everybody going ahead and getting COVID? I don't mean everybody, but, you know, those who are vaccinated. Um, because you're only sick, you know, for a few days. Um, I'm, I get the flu shot every year. Sometimes I get the flu, sometimes I don't. So I'm just curious, at what point do we say that we have the herd immunity and then it's okay? Yeah, Lori, so you asked the question, and the way you asked it was very interesting, right? You get a report out every day of who has COVID. Now, I don't know what the impact has been and the, the uh, school district workforce, but I can tell you in the hospital workforce, it's something we watch every day. So last week, you know, our hospital had 60 people out with COVID. So fielding a team to make sure that you have high quality individuals in the workplace, whether it's manufacturing, school, healthcare, is probably one of our biggest concerns here. So that is one of the things. Living with it was is one thing, and we have to understand then that we're going to have an impact on the economy. But I still come back to if we're not going to do what we can 
to protect those who are immunocompromised and elderly, what, what's our thought process there? Why aren't we going to do this to protect somebody who's over 70 so that they can make it to 95 versus saying, you know what, this is just something we're going to have. Let's just live with it. And it's Darwinism. It's the survival of the fittest. And I, I just think that the vaccine and public health should be able to extend everyone's lives uh, and not just at the convenience of those who want it. Laurie, That's thank just you. my personal opinion. Thank you for your call. Lori, 773 area code texts. I take CTA buses and most don't wear masks. Am I safe if I am masked? Well, you you know, you are. At least you have some protection. If you're vaccinated and masked, certainly you do have. You know, the public transportation, especially in CTA buses where, you know, they can be quite crowded. You know, in airports, certainly there's areas of being crowded. But that's one of the reasons that we had the mask mandate on there. So there are two things with the mask. If you remember, initially, we were putting that on to protect others from us. And then we actually did the studies. We actually show that the masking actually does help protect us for a couple of reasons. One, it it doesn't allow you to, you know, take things in real easily if you were exposed to somebody. Two, probably one of the biggest things is it stops you from touching your nose and mouth, which is one of the ways we get infected after coughing in our hand, shaking someone's hand, we touch our mouth or face. So certainly wearing a mask, although you may feel a, a little bit unusual i would say you're doing the right thing for yourself and for those around you rose is on 312-981-7200 rose you're on wgn well good morning first of all thank you for being there dr most and dean we just enjoy your program my question is about my husband who has a cold it started last sunday uh, sinus issue, no temperature, and I think he's at the end of it. But he does—he is overdue for his booster, which he had. Uh, the last one was in January. So, how soon would he be able to get the booster? I'd send him out tomorrow if I could. But and he's not—we've tested him. He doesn't have COVID this time. Okay. When you say you'd send him out tomorrow, Rose, you mean you'd send him out to get his booster, not just you'd send him out, right? Oh, uh, all right. We're not going to say on radio what which one. It is. Okay. Depends on the day, probably. Right. Oh, totally. Right. Right. So your husband right now, if he just has a, a good spring cold, you know, probably adenovirus or rhinovirus, the, the immune system is trying to fight that off. If his symptoms are resolving now. I would say this time next week, he would be good to get that, that, that booster and know that that booster will start working within the next week or so. So certainly tell him to be really careful these next couple of days, um, wash his hands, but allow the immune system to fight off the rhinovirus that he has right now and then get the booster here in about uh, you know five, seven days. Five to seven days, great. Yep. Rose, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Dr. Kevin Most. Thank you, my friend, and I hope you have a wonderful Sunday today. Thank you. You got it, Dean. Take care.